Hello, and I have to know why is Vince giggling? <laughs> Robin. Ro Robin's on. Yes. Ember Solace, aka Robin. <laughs> oh my goodness. Happy Wednesday. Here we are. Wednesday. I had to actually like think through this morning. I was like, what day is it actually? <laughs> Uh, that's how I was yesterday, and I'll be honest, it feels like it's been a month since last Wednesday. I, it has. It's been a, a long um, a long week. Um, mm -hmm. Not for any particular reason, but here we are. It is Wednesday, and it is happy. Yes, it is. May the joy of the Lord fill your hearts, friends. I'm feeling quite joyful. <laughs> hello, hello, <laughs> hello, Chris. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Lisa from Clinton. Ooh, she moves about. She does. This is not her hometown. She it must be in a neighboring town. But I feel like um, Connecticut must be very similar to um, England in that way, where you just run one town into another. That's my guess. Confirm that, Lisa. I just like here in, in Kansas, that's not what, for those of you that don't know, <laughs> in Kansas, it is not typical for a town to run into another town. We are separated by many miles. <laughs> by many farm fields. Yes. There is a lot of land in between towns. And the only thing that I can say that we really run into, and it's still very separated, is Fort Riley and and Fort Riley into Ogden. But um, that's probably a little more typical for a, a an army base. Maybe it's not. What do I know? What do I actually know? But in Kansas, things are not conjoined like that. We have lots of farmland in between and um, and, and little tiny towns. That, that you can venture into. So that's what, there's your Kansas geography lesson for today. You're welcome. Now I'm, now I'm laughing because I'm just picturing John sticking his head through the doors and saying, hello, loves. Hello, loves. <laughs> Where's Anne-Marie? Hello, loves. There he is. <laughs> not true in the countryside. We are separated, not in the cities that have swallowed up smaller towns. Okay, there oh, you go. Oh, okay. Chris, for weighing in, Lisa and I were having a conversation yesterday talking about how New England here in the States, so many of the cities are named after England cities. And, and so we were just kind of talking about how that's so fascinating for people that were trying to escape tyranny. We're rebelling against. Uh, we just went ahead. Oh, there she is. Hello, love. Um, Another really important Kansas geography lesson is this. Kansas is not all. <coughs> this is important for my yes. heart to know that your heart knows. <laughs> I, I'm in agreement with that. That this is not the flatlands. Yes, there are parts of Kansas that are flat. You have to move really far west to get to the flatlands of, of Kansas. You love the English, really. <laughs> What's there not to love? Yes, that's probably true. true. Um, that's true. But we live in the Flint Hills, and it is nothing but rolling hills. And um, and and so you know, it's important for you to know that because for those of you that are coming in July, I don't want you to be shocked 
when you see our hills, when you're thinking that this is going to be flat land, it's not, it's beautiful. This part of Kansas is absolutely beautiful. So that's me doting on my state. Anyway, you guys, this morning we are talking about the finish line. This has become a very prominent topic for multiple reasons. Um, one is, yes, yes, Rob and the Flint Hills are so beautiful. We mm-hmm. should just go walking in them. Huge misconception. Yes, very, very, very much. And I've never met Dorothy or Toto, so that's also important to note. Yeah. <laughs> Tornadoes, yes, but not Dorothy or Toto. Um the finish line. This has become a, a prominent topic, and and I think that um, that it's 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 wide. It's not it's not local. It's not personal. I think that this is this is a, a widely <coughs> needed conversation. Um, I actually I, I live in a space that is contending for finishing well. Um, I, I've said it before, but but we live in warfare. And John's dad has been sick for many, many, many years, 30 plus years, and his mom has fully taken care of him and has done a remarkable job. Mm-hmm. So, and, and just so you have the full picture, we're talking completely bedridden. He's on a feeding tube, on respirator, and um, basically his, his whole body um, has a shut down function and, but he's very aware mm-hmm. he has his mental capacity and, um, and, and she has done such a phenomenal job at living out her covenant to him and, in, in taking care of him. And, but that does not come without struggle to finish well. And I feel like that's the contention of the warfare that um that that is centralized in um in, in this house that it's it's a constant fight over finishing well. And because as you can imagine, the older that one gets, the more difficult it becomes to be a caretaker. And this isn't just about this home and the things that are going on in it. In it, it is the body of Christ. We um we probably have all been affected by church breakups, church splits, church um, fights. Um, this this is something that that we need to get better at because you see you see entire organizations split over the dumbest things because we do not know how to do this well. We do not know how to transition well. <coughs> We, we give way to the pain and we give way to the attack because you better believe that there is an attack assigned to the transition that's taking place and we can do better. Can I challenge us? We can do better. We do not have to be sloppy in this. We don't. It does not have to be as sloppy as it has been. Now, before you feel like Angie is just like sugarcoating things, I, I, I want you to know. I've lived it. I've lived transition. I have been through this. I have been through um, several uh, church battles. I've lived through two church breakups and, um, and they are very messy, very, very messy. And the, the last church um, experience was not a church breakup. 
It was God transitioning me and my family out of it. And he was very specific. I want you to run hard for three months. And I knew exactly what God meant by that. And, and listen, in these situations where, where you are the party that has the assignment to run hard, you have to be resilient in that, in that obedience to what God has called you to do, because there will be many Many, not one, many opportunities to walk away. There will even be invitations to walk away. And I was thinking about this in terms of going lower still. And um, and, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's basically <coughs> just, it's an army crawl. <laughs> Legitimately, like the cost is so great and and you will feel um, very offended the entire way through and and you're just trying to hold tightly and and finish well and if your goal is to bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ then you will go lower still you will find your way lower still and that was my experience in in our last church event was that um, I wasn't necessarily wanted around for the full three months and, and removed from um, leadership completely. And um, that I wasn't going to, to walk away. I was going to see it through. And, and that looked like loving people that were hard to love. That looked like being encouragement every step of the way that meant denying my flesh because my flesh was grappling with the pain that it was feeling the closer to the finish line that, that we got. And there is a, there is an invitation to, to wanting to, um, to not finish strong, to just, um, <laughs> to just, you know, exist in, in this space. And that's not going to cut it either. That's not going to cut it either. The call is to finish strong. And, um, and ultimately the finish line, the transition requires all parties involved. If for some reason that is not <coughs> something that you have access to, the call does not change. You finish well anyway. The church has taken on the corporate world culture in this in this way and to where it's like, oh, you're going to quit. Great. Clean out your office <laughs> and we'll see you never. And and that is talk about tyranny that that is that goes against the the um, authority of the Christ head of the body of Christ. That goes against union. That goes against oneness. It thrashes against the the principle of the body of Christ, the body, the bride of Christ. And, and we've got to get this right, you guys. We've got to stop being so petty. We are far more resilient than we allow ourselves to be. And um, and so let's let's dive into a little bit of scripture. I know, um, Vince, you've got Hebrews 12 locked and loaded. You want to read that? Yes. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like he lays it out right there, right? 
there's not a whole lot more that could be added. And we certainly should not take anything away from it. Mm -hmm. Run the race, cross the finish line. And and here's what I, I really believe. I think the majority of us, we never cross the finish line. We stumble and fall and we get so close, but a fence takes over and has its way. Mm-hmm. And, and truly the offense is there to grow you. The offense is there to grow us up and, and, and to work within that offense will actually propel us forward if we allow it. Jump in. What are your thoughts? Well, my first thought is when you mentioned army crawl, I think this there's there's two different kinds. I, I remember this in basic training very clearly. There's a high crawl and a low crawl. High crawl, you're on your elbows with your weapons and you're just going. And it's pretty fast. But what I'm picturing here is a low crawl. This is where you're flat on the ground. Your head's in the dirt. You're pulling with your fingers, pushing with your toes. It's very slow and methodical. And this is the this is what we have to think about when we're we're finishing well and and looking to cross the finish line is we have to be intentional with each movement because, you know, if you stick your head up, you could wind up getting hit by one of these invitations that you were talking about an invitation to, to leave from the people who are, uh, are, are, you are moving on from, uh, or even in your heart, you know, you know what I, I'm being shunned. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna walk away. And, and then you'd both just, you know, kind of ghost in each other and that's not finishing well. And so that this is what I think about when when you mention that is this this low crawl is just very deliberate. It's very slow and you've got your head down and you're continuing to push forward and push forward, regardless of how uncomfortable it is and how uncomfortable it may be. And the contention that you were talking about, I, I just we don't send well. And I think That's this true. is one of the problems we we get a hold of an idea that this group or this congregation this body is is ours and we get possessive <clears throat> and we forget that that we belong to the lord and that the ministry belongs to him and and we are needing to steward that well and and, and we forget that we shouldn't be trying to keep the kingdom contained and turn it into like we've talked about so often before this little club that's not what it is and we don't send well. So when it's time to send someone like what you were describing from, you know, I, I'm going to run hard for three months. And then at the end of that, there should have been a sending. There should have been a, a, a true point during that three months of training, of leading, of loving, and then sending. And this is what we, we forget in these times is, is all of those pieces and we don't do them well. And we wind up, you know, with that culture of, of the corporate world. Oh, you know what? Hack your stuff. You're out. I don't yeah. need your two weeks. I don't need your three months, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> and you start to, you start to get shut out of things. And, and that is just not a culture we should be uh, pushing inside of the church. We need to have a culture that sends we need to have a culture that trains. We need to have a culture that leads. And, and all of that is, is done in love. And, and I think this is a, a big thing that we have to continue to remember. Because if we are going to lay aside every weight and sin, which clings so closely to run, 
with endurance, then we better be thinking about these things. We better be thinking about what it looks like. Okay, God, this person's leaving. All right. It sucks. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. But how do we finish well here? How do we send well? How do I, how do I receive those things? You know, and, and then really pushing on. And so I, I think sending, training, leading, loving, all of these things that when, when this instance comes up and there is a finish line in sight, it becomes hard yeah. to do these things because we, we, we have this, I, I think this is something else that I've thought about before when it comes to a race, like you're running, I'm not somebody who loves to run. I once upon a time army. I was. <laughs> 20 years in the army and I hated every mile. And there were many. And, you know, but, you know, when we're doing the, the fitness test, you got that two mile run um, and there's a finish line. And at the finish line, you stop. There's there's no more running after that. But I think we we fail to realize that uh, the, the finish line for us as followers of Christ is a transition period. You know, this is a time to move from from one race into another. And and I we, we should probably keep sight of that as well. It doesn't mean there's a full stop. Right. There is something else on the backside of that. Um, you, you talked about yesterday, one door opening or one door closing, another door opening. Same principle mm-hmm. as the finish line. When you're moving through one door and that one's closing behind you, there is another open door. I don't know how close that is, but there is something back there. And so we can't get lazy because we see a finish line and thinking that's the end. I'm going to sit down, uh, grab a donut and whatever, whatever you think of when you cross the finish line. Um, And and that's the end of it. And and that that puts us in a position where we don't want to sin. We don't want to train. We don't want to continue to lead. We just want to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that um, because we, our our mindset is so tied to the local expression that we're part of, that we're, we're, we're resistant to seeing a a more, um, a grander view of what it is that, that God is doing uh, among us by by pausing like we talk about this a lot let's practice the pause <coughs> practice the pause don't react practice the pause and um and, and really like let's start evaluating what what is it that um that we know about this person that that's exiting or what is it that we know about the the people what what is it that God has said what is it that they carry and how can you actually if you use your just a little bit of your imagination <laughs> what is it that God could potentially be doing with with this person's life and, and we owe it to ourselves to to have a, a, a visionary process that goes beyond the expression that we are tied to. We do. If we don't, we're going to have tunnel vision and we'll be taken by surprise when things start to get disrupted and, and start being rearranged. And, and I am, I'm not coming at this from, from a, a Pollyanna view. These things are hard. In fact, if you read my writing, I equate it to birth. It is, it is like, 
it, it is a birthing process. I really believe that. I believe that something can be birthed on the backside of, of whatever is transpiring. And, um, and that's painful, especially when you get to the transition part of childbirth. It is like contraction on contraction and they're lasting longer and they are certainly excruciating and everything in you is trying to move away from the pain because I don't want to experience it. And so that that's that's no different than the way that, that we as church members or people in general handle painful people circumstances. We are in transition and we're doing everything we can to avoid the pain. We, we want to, we want to deflect. We want to, um, we want to turn our backs on one another. In fact, I have a friend who, um, and this has been years ago, I was leaving her house with my, my brood of children one morning and she's walking me out to the car and, um, and, and stopped short uh, of 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 the car and and we said our, our last goodbyes and then she hollers Angie I may turn my back on you but I will never reject you <laughs> in her southern twang and and I was like oh my gosh what a thing to say what a thing to admit why can't we just be that honest there may be moments where I turn my back on you but I will never, ever reject you. And I have stood on that promise. And I know that even with the distance now that is between her and I, that we can pick up anywhere because of this promise that exists between the two of us, that there may be moments where it feels like we have turned our backs on one another, but it's not true. There's no rejection because it is a no rejection zone. <laughs> like it, it, it's not allowed. It's it's a disallowed emotion that that we have incorporated into our friendship. And that has always stuck with me. And it was so funny because she texted me later in the day and she was like, that was so corny. And, and I feel cheesy for even saying it. And I was like, like, oh my God, please don't rob me of this moment because it meant the world to me. And, um, and, and so what's possible, what's possible at the finish line. I think that this is, this is a, an important thing to, to navigate is, um, the, the possibilities. Sure. You can steer, you can steer the ship into the, the ship junkyard if you want. That's a possibility that that is something that you can do. If you want that level of provision, you go for it. You can steer the ship any direction that you want. But there is another possibility. We can finish well and we can finish well together. And, and here's the thing. You can't decide if you're finishing well on your own. You don't have, we as humans do not have lofty enough perspective on our own to know if we are finishing well. We need people walking alongside us to be like, hey, that was a little questionable what just happened and slightly out of character. We need people in our lives to judge the fruit that are hanging from our branches. Yes. Like this is so important, you guys. We need people in our lives who are capable of judging the fruit because I can sour my fruit all by myself in a single moment. I need the people that are in my life that are brave enough to be, 
um, Angie, that was really out of character and out of line. And, and I need to be able to have the heart to go, oh my gosh, like, you're right. You're right. Help me work through this. I'm having a, a difficult time in this process. This hurts. And, and I don't know how to hurt all this emotion. We need to be that authentic with each other, that transparent with each other so that we can finish well. We aren't capable of doing it on our own. And this takes both, both parties to be able to, to cross that finish line with the victory that Christ intends. And why we haven't come to the point of expecting transition and changes is beyond me. It happens all the time. But like you said, we 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 tend to take on a, a possession mentality and think that somehow the sheeple are ours to do what we want with. And that's not true. They're they're gods, it turns out. And and he will move and shift people <coughs> to, to to the in the way that he so desires to to pull the, the greatness from. And and who am I? to stand in his way from, from doing that. Jump in. Uh, I like the idea of, of looking at possibilities, um, but without right expectations and oneness, like what you're talking about, it's difficult to see any possibilities. Yeah. Because beyond self, if I'm trying to do everything in self, you can only see so far. And it takes others to come in and start to push behind you. And we, we've talked about this before, but uh, in that, what I think about is, is the person who is being pushed, like the tip of the spear, mm. like that, that hard metal point of the spear. It has no ability to fly through the air or penetrate when it hits its target without the, the weight of the shaft behind it. And, and that's what I think about when, when I'm thinking about this is the, the people that uh, are, are there to be able to judge fruit, to hold accountable. All of these things are those that are there behind you. And these people are pushing you and propelling you forward. And you can travel so much further and have so much greater impact with them behind you than you can on your own. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, uh, if you think about throwing the head of a spear without the shaft behind it, it's just going to kind of fly through the air and there's no impact there. Yeah. There's, there's some, but it, it's, it's nothing that's significant on the other end. It's just, it doesn't have the same weight. It doesn't carry the same uh, uh, penetrating power without that shaft. And, and so I know that's a simplistic analogy there to, to what we're talking about, but you know, what's possible is, is diminished without the oneness, without the expectation of, of people around you. And, and so if we, we start to fall into all these things that we've been talking about, then we don't finish well, we don't have the same possibilities on the other side of the finish line that we could, if we did continue with one another through the finish line, the last step before slowing down is on the other side of the finish line, not on this side. Yes. You have to make it through the tape before you stop. And and even then, 
you know, in race, because like I said, I, at one point in my life, I did like running and, and, and I, I was in track and, and, and did the, the St. Patrick's day race every year. In fact. And, um, beyond that finish line, <coughs> shoots that, that are long and you continue to run through that and, 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 because nobody stops at the finish line. <laughs> There's not like just this hard stop. And, and, and in fact, in the racing world, you see that the lean, like they're leaning into the finish line. And this is a great picture for us to, to really lay hold of is, are you leaning into that finish line? Not in, oh my gosh, I can't wait for this to just be over that leaning into the community that exists at that finish line. Are you running together? Are you running through the chute and then slowing down on the other side of it? <clears throat> we don't do this. We, we, we don't do this well. And I want us to like, this is one of my great desires because this is not, I, I feel like what, what I can see is that, you know, tables are shifting and turning and so are the people that are around them. And, um, and, and this is going to become probably more normalized for the, the expression of the church as, as darkness is heightened. God is going to begin to move people around strategically because of what they carry. And so I think that this is something that we really need to get good at is, is catching and releasing right? Bringing in and letting go. Or like you said, sending, we don't send well, you know, what, <laughs> what was supposed to be ascending. I know what you're alluding to, what was supposed to be ascending at our last experience turned into a very awkward backhanded blessing. It, it, it honestly, I, I, you would have to really dig to feel like it was even a, a blessing. It was half-hearted and honestly embarrassing it was it was it was embarrassing to to be before a, a congregation of people that that you served for the amount of time that that you and I did and and to have the words that were said half-heartedly expressed and it was one of those things where I was like oh my gosh this is just like I feel humiliated at this point it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be that way. We can stand in fullness and be for each other. We don't need to turn our backs on each other. We are still kingdom people. We've got to we've got to get our my organization mentality under control here because it's it's actually crippling the body of Christ for us to be thinking this way. We need to be thinking, and I love that Rachel's saying arrows without bows. We need to be thinking of each other in terms of arrows. Where can I shoot you? Mm -hmm. What is it that God is doing? And where can I shoot you? I, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the, the whole expression beyond the finish line. I want to, I want to be involved. I want to know what's going on. Do you know how many people I've talked to from the, the, the last experience in leadership who I ser served with for five years? Zero. Zero. Not a single one from that day, that, that awkward blessing day on. Not a single person. No, that's, that's the point where you get deleted from social media. Right. I mean, it's like we are so petty and so middle school. 
like if we had yearbooks, our face would be X'd out. You know? Oh my gosh, that's so true. It is. I mean, that's how petty we are. And that that's that's not love. It's not love. Let's jump into, I want to get to um, Philippians 1. And we're going to start in um, verse 21 and read through into um, to chapter 2 a little bit. Living is Christ. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me. And I don't know which one I should choose. I'm torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that because of my coming to you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus may abound. Here's the invitation in this portion of scripture is like our boasting in Jesus Christ is not abounding when we are when we are turning our backs on one another. Like for, for the boast of Christ to abound, it requires oneness. It does. It requires body. It requires union. And, and when we are turning our backs on each other, we, we are eliminating union. And so we want our boast to be in Jesus Christ. And we want that to abound. Verse 27, just one thing. As citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I will hear about you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel, not being frightened in any way by your opponents. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your salvation, and this is from God. For it has been granted to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him since you are engaged in the same struggle that you saw I had and now hear that I have. And this is part of the problem is that we do not believe that there is suffering involved in our Christian experience. We, we have been fed lines that it's all sunshine and roses and that there's no suffering involved. And there is. And what we do to try and combat what is necessary for us to follow Christ is we hold on to each other. We possess one another. We utilize each other as, as somewhat of a comfort. <coughs> and and this, is, this is pride and this is arrogance to do so. We cannot lay hold of each other for means of comfort. For someone to be sent is unknown. And, and, and Paul's coming from an experience where uh, apostles and disciples, they're coming and going. They're coming and going. They are holding each other down to, to one community. They're, they're coming and they're going. And that was essential for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be spread. And so my question on the backside of this is, what is your message is your message that of Jesus Christ or is your message that of your organizational name? Mm. I fear it's the latter in most cases. That our message, our centralized message, the thing that we are living and dying for is not Jesus Christ. 
It's the name of our organization. And we've got to get over that. And this is where I would agree with the nameless, faceless generation. I I, I don't believe that anybody stands before Christ nameless and faceless. He's far too intimate for for that. But in terms of me, 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 I, 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 we've got to represent the name of Jesus Christ. And if we would do this, if that would become the most, if his name would become the most prominent entity in our life and not our organization, whether we're leading or we're just party to, we would not hold so tightly to one another. We would be, we would, we would be like ships passing in the night, you know, coming and going, coming and going. It would not be this tightly held. And what we're doing is we're holding, we're holding the desires of Christ hostage when we do not release people freely. It's just the truth. And and I, I, again, I am not saying that these things are not without pain. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's growing pains. And if we're, if we're going to look at it in any other light, we're wrong. It is, it's growing pains, And it does hurt when, when, when someone is leaving or someone's are leaving or there, there is a, a, a complete breakup. That's, it's painful. It's painful because we, we love familiarity. <laughs> I mean, that's just the truth of the matter. I, I mean, we love each other. We love people well too, but mostly I think there's just like this, this familiarity that, that we cling to. Let's read on. Um, uh, chapter two, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the spirit, if any affection and mercy make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent in one purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Yeah, loving can be hard, Robin, that's true. And everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. That right there encapsulates the whole point, right? Mm -hmm. Is like, it's it's only in our self-centeredness that we want to hold people hostage that we, we do not want them to be released and, um, and, and to go into the next chapter of their story. And if we would change our minds here and, and, and be interested in others, then we can continue to be a part of that unfolding story. Jump in talked about loving familiarity we also love comfort too yeah which um and safety and, and safety i won't get you started there <laughs> you uh, should. <laughs> that's a tangent waiting to happen <laughs> it is that's funny in uh <clears throat> philippians 2 2 com- complete my joy by being of the same mind having the same love being in full accord and of one mind do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Uh, reading this, I, I think about that um, love of familiarity and love of comfort. 
when we start to see a finish line, we, we, we lose our minds. We, we forget that we are still in one accord. Yeah. We're still all believers. We're still all kingdom citizens. We're all still part of the same body, but because of petty differences that you mentioned earlier, we, we lose our, our one mind. We lose our, our one accord with each other and the mind of Christ gets uh, drowned out with the noise of narrative and all of these things and these, these uh, selfish ambitions and conceit. And we lose humility. We lose our ability to go low uh, in, in the good way. Not where we have to be told to keep the gloves up, go low, but right. go low to serve, go low to, uh, again, what, what does it look like to get across the finish line without stopping with one another? Yeah. And then what happens beyond that? Right. We, we don't want to look at it. It's, it's uncomfortable. It is. So uncomfortable. The, the love of familiarity and the love of comfort keeps us from uh, getting out there and, and being able to send each other. And the, the coming and going of the apostles. I, I don't understand why church isn't like that more. Um, I, I understand, you know, you may have a home base somewhere, but there stood, still should be a coming and going. And you can even think of it like, <clears throat> excuse me. So we talk about people leaving the church building and something significant happened when they cross that threshold. They go through those doors. Everything just kind of gets left in the sanctuary there rather than realizing I'm the sanctuary and I'm going to carry this out into the world. So yeah. this, if you aren't traveling in ministry, your coming and going is happening every single week. Yeah. You're, you're leaving the oneness of, of our ability in the West to freely come together openly without uh, having to hide without persecution. We're, we're able to worship together. We're able to be with one another. We, we're able to study scripture and we have an infinite amount of tools with which to do so. And then from there is you're going out and you go out into your life throughout the week and you are carrying Jesus with you and you're sent out and then you come back and the same thing. And, and at some point there's going to be a transition happen, get across that finish line and look to the next one. And, and this is, this is part of that. Uh, being able to send and train and lead and love. All of these things keep coming up in this conversation with finishing finishing well and getting across the finish line. And, uh, and, and we can't let full accord and in one mind, the mind of Christ, be lost to uh, selfish ambition and conceit because we possess people somehow. The, the, the body of Christ does not belong to any one person. Yeah. The, the, the body belongs to the head, mm -hmm. Jesus. Jesus. And, and I think if we remember that, <clears throat> and, and you talked about this earlier at the beginning, Angie, that um, we need to see each other rightly. Yeah. And, and if we, we get out of that possessive mindset, it's so much easier to do so. It's so mm -hmm. much easier to be able to look at a person and say, oh, man, I, I see what God sees in you and, and being able to call that out in somebody. And it just does 
It just does something for you, but it does even more for that person. And, and then we get to watch the body be strengthened right. rather than being fractured with all these petty, nonsensical things that are, are we want to hold as strict doctrine and none of it has to do with Jesus. So uh, uh, I don't know. I, I'm probably going off in a, in a different direction right now. You're not. You're not. I think I, that's, it's good. I, th I think it's important to to be able to catch some of these things and be able to, okay, what happens when we lose one, one accord and we lose our one mind, which is the yeah. mind of Christ. If he's the head, this is what happens. Selfish ambition, ambition and conceit. And we get possessive. And then all of a sudden it's me, 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 grab, grab, grab. Yeah. And I'm not letting go. Right. And well, if you want to leave, you're out. And, and, and our, we actually have real life experience in, in what, what it is that you're talking about. Because um, we, we, we were trusted with keys we were trusted with finances. We were trusted with the congregation. We were trusted to raise up the leaders. I mean, we we there was so much trust that was laid out, and, and in fact, um, trusted while <laughs> while the leads went on um, sabbatical for a few months, and and so I mean, like that's that's a lot of trust that <coughs> that was um, released, and that trust was completely shut down on the backside of we have to go we have to go and god is calling us to start something in our own town and and we have to go we have to do this we have to chase after it and and everything that was excited inside of us was really doused in that moment and everything beyond that point was called into question Mm -hmm. everything. I, I mean, I, I was trusted to teach <laughs> on, on Sunday mornings. And then suddenly my, my theology, your theology is called into question. Everything is called into question at that moment. And, and so I, I'm bringing this up because I really, I, I want to put on full display what, what we're capable of doing as, as a caution. Don't, do that. Don't do that. Do not go there. Don't throw away years of trust because this person is no longer going to be promoting your organization. And that's honestly, it's what it boils down to is we, we are so caught up in the promotion of, of our, our own organization and not Jesus Christ because God said go no man should stand yeah Chris that's that's so true no man should stand in your way when God says go and and it it honestly it things got real because I I was trying to keep the peace I have a um I have an affection for unity and and peace and um God straight up said Angie you are straddling the line of obedience and, and, that, and that's when I learned the lesson that there, there is a difference between good and God and um, serving good isn't going to get us there, even if it is fruit. And, um, <laughs> and right. it's only by way of serving God that, that, that we become a pleasing aroma for him. And that's what we want. Like, let's, let's be more concerned with being a pleasing aroma 
to God than offering up strange fire to him. And, and that's what we're doing, right. we're playing on his altar at these, these games of um, catching in your mind, you know, <laughs> catching and you are, you are now a slave to, to this name rather than Christ. And, and it's not, it's not a pleasing offering to the Lord. And, um, and, and so let me just finish by reading um, starting in verse five of Philippians two um, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who Existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And we had, and when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God and to the Father. Hmm. It's only by one name. And that is Jesus Christ. It is not an edited life. It is not whatever the name of your organization is. If if we promote our organization's name above that of Jesus Christ, we're just a club with dues. And we are not promoting the kingdom of God. Yes, Rolinda. We need to be more mindful of offending God. That is so true. So true. Any any final thoughts, Vince? Who is the one you serve? Who is the one you serve? If, if you can answer that question and and say Jesus and then look at your actions to see if they line up with that answer, great. If your <laughs> actions don't line up with that answer, not you so great. Have, you need to have another think about uh, about things. So, yes, 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 yes. And and with that, we want you all to know that um, this is actually Vince's last broadcast with us for now. Can I put a caveat on it? Yes. <laughs> for now. Um, Vince is is stepping away from from leadership at this time. And, um, and, and so this, this conversation is, is straight out of real time experience. We have, um, I, I'm actually, I, I'm proud of, of the way that, that we have been able to, to walk through this over the last couple of weeks. And, um, and, and that um, I, I feel like we are, we're going to cross this finish line victorious because Christ will be the one on display. And, um, and it's been beautiful for, for me to, um, see the, the people in, in our organization rally around and contend for, for you in this time. And, and to, to, I mean, like yesterday we were, we were praying together and, and I just love it when, when the prophetic just enters into the room and suddenly, you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like just takes off. It does. It's just it's the most remarkable thing because the the prophetic gives us a better perspective than we can have on our own. We begin to see through mm-hmm. the eyes of Christ and um and put that on display. And and this is not without a hundred billion emotions, you know, wanting to be heard and and manifested. Because um honestly, I never imagined doing this without you. Oh gosh, this is not supposed to happen. <laughs> But um, it's been, it's been, it's been great. And, um, and it's been foundational what you've brought. So we are blessed to have you part of what we've got going on here. And I told you before that we have no desire to erase your name (laughs) from, from what it is that, that has been so foundational and what it is that God is doing in um, Junction City. And, um, and you know, you're stuck with us because who throws away 20 years of friendship, right? <laughs> yeah, nobody, not me. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I, I may not see some of you on here every week, but uh, I will get to see you in person in July. Yay. <clears throat> yeah. So. Yes. So, guys, join us. In, in in praying for for Vince and his family over the next bit of time and and if God drops him in your heart send him a quick message and and let him know that that you're thinking about him and contending and um and, and maybe even beyond that if the prophetic enters into your <laughs> into your experience there so um oh gosh I love these messages these Louise you guys are the best. Mm-hmm. All the more reason to come now. Hey, this does not cancel the dance party. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, he's just trying to get out of the dance party. <laughs> it's, it's all an elaborate ruse to avoid the dance party. Yes. Uh, <coughs> there will still be dancing. I stand with you and commit to pray for you in this time. It Thank is, you. It is temperate. What? It'll be forced upon and the baking. I don't think we ever got a commitment out of him for baking, nor did I commit to that. You will see uh, Robin <laughs> on that little bit of uh, adventure because I am not a baker. I, I I allow my daughter to handle that around here. She's yes, Chris. There's going to be dancing. Yes, yes. There's going to be dancing. Wait, is there going to be Chris? <laughs> I'm going to need an answer. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> Man, I don't know if Kansas is ready for Chris. Bring it on, though. Bring it on. Get ready. We'll, we'll do our best to to prepare Kansas for for um for you, Chris. So, all right, you guys, right. we love you so much, and and we bless you, and we'll talk soon. Love y'all. <laughs>